All right, welcome back everyone to episode number 10 of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Fantrax. You can go to Fantrax.com, enter promo code ESF for a free premium league upgrade. You know, just want to give you that free little gift, guys. Check out Fantrax and, and enter that promo code. With me, joining me tonight, we have Dale DeMott. How you doing tonight, Dale? Fuck you, Dale! Fuck you! What up? How's it going? Oh, please don't do that. I'm just going to skip that. And also with us is intern Richard. How you doing tonight, Rich? Pretty good, pretty good. Ready to go. Let's do it. Yep. Episode 10. Lucky number 10. Episode 10. We're almost Listen. at 100, guys. One more zero. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So we're going to be doing some interesting stuff in this episode. We're going to be doing our first set of divisional previews, talking some AFC South Along with that, we have the awesome Adam Ronis is going to be joining us later on in this episode. Uh, you know, we, we had a nice talk with Adam Ronis, and we're going to be discussing that later. For now, let's start with some divisions. Yes. Divisional previews. So, Richard, start us off. Where, what are we doing? Well, we can go ahead and start off. I will go in order of record, which, of course, the Texans were 9-7 and seven last year. They did win the division. So we'll go ahead and we'll start it off there then. I want to mention before we start, we've got an interesting bet, a four-way bet between all of us. We each picking a different team to win this division this year. Richard, who you got? I got the Jaguars, man. I've got the Colts. Armando, who's not here tonight, has the Texans. And Dale, for some reason, has... I don't want the Titans anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, I was like, I was riding the Mariota High. And now, like, I just came back down to earth, and I really realized that they really suck, and they're going to suck this year, too. Dude, there's no reason why you should have made that bet, but that money is going to go to one of the three of us. Uh, It's more money to throw away. Yeah, but that's fine. You make the most money out of all of us. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, you're you're clearly, you know... Well, I'm, I'm the oldest, so... I have, like, seniority over you guys, so... And, like, 30 years, but... You have more kids than the three of us combined. That's true. There's no kids. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't have a kid. I just He's have... a fetus. Yeah, I have a fetus. <laughs> not not in me, in my wife. <laughs> That's so weird. I'm sorry. It is really weird. I know. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Moving right. on. Please move us on, Richard. That's your job right now. Hey, would I lose this, my composure? This is really weird. This podcast is like the life of my child because on our first episode, like we just got pregnant, and now we keep doing it. And it's like wait, this wait, podcast wait. is as old. You keep doing it. <laughs> it's weird. How's that? It doesn't. It doesn't hurt the podcast at all. Don't worry. <laughs> I like that. All right, so Houston Texans, I mean, obviously we know that they did acquire a new quarterback and a new running back, so they got Brock Osweiler from the Broncos. They got Lamar Miller from the Dolphins. Uh, I think the biggest pickup here is obviously going to be Lamar Miller. He's going to have more of an impact than Brock Osweiler was, um, considering you know he's he's going to be pretty beast out there. What do you guys think? I, I love Lamar Miller. I've been rising on him solely – in my running back position all off season, I think I started with him at like eight, then seven, then six. Now I have him at five, trying to figure out how I can maybe swing him into four. He's our consensus among our podcasts, the number five running back. Um, we have him as a consensus at eleven overall. We had a tweeter ask us a question earlier, like, is he worthy of uh, you know a late first round pick? And my reply is absolutely. If you're in a twelve team league. If you can get him at the back of the first round and pair him with a stud-wide receiver, um, that's a great start to your draft. Yeah, I agree. I mean, last year, Miller only had 194 rushing attempts. Um, that's going to go up. He only had 872 rushing yards. Uh, I think Lamar Miller is going to be a 1,000-yard rusher this season. Um, his touchdowns, 8-10. to 10. He had 8 last year. I think 8-10 to 10 is feasible this year for him. Um, I think they'll use him in the passing game a little bit more. His value is going up from last year. Um, 
I'm, I'm a I'm a strong believer. Uh, getting Lamar Miller in the late first round is a is a good value. Yeah, he's gonna definitely be a lot more active on the Texans than he was with the Dolphins. I have him going at about 1,100 rushing yards. Uh, you know, he is a pass catcher as well, so I see him about 350, 300 receiving yards, and then 12 total touchdowns. That's where I have him at, and that would put him at around the five or six range for me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't argue that. Um, want to add something? The Houston Texans have finished in the top five in rush attempts for the last two years. We all know what they can do if they actually have a competent runner a la Arian Foster until he got injured. Um, Lamar Miller is a super efficient runner and behind an offense where he's finally going to get a chance to run the ball a little bit more, he should be amazing. Yeah, I mean, when Arian Foster was playing in in Houston, he was averaging about 4.5, 4.6 yards a carry. And last year, that was where Lamar Miller was. He was looking at about 4.5 yards per carry as well. Bringing that into Houston, we could see some pretty significant numbers. Yeah, much better, much better offensive line in Houston than in Miami. And just, and just a side note, going back to the attempts, it's a shame the Dolphins only rushed them, uh, you know, only used them 194 times, giving them the ball 194 times. Um, that's 18th in the league among running backs. That's that's sad. And that's yeah, yep, it is. And they they're going to do the same exact thing with JJ, and that's why I just I just don't trust that. But that's conversation for another day yeah yeah obviously the other biggest pickup was Brock Osweiler uh, you know they're finally going to have a steady person at least for right now a quarterback not like last year they had four different quarterbacks throwing from under center you know so what, what do you guys think about Osweiler this year I think uh Osweiler he's right now he's projected around like the number 25 in the draft right now um I think he belongs there I'm not touching him um there are tons of quarterbacks beyond that that I would that I would pick up I guess if you're in a two quarterback league and pickings are slim um, perhaps um, and he did do Demarius Thomas well last year when he threw the ball uh, to his number one wide receiver so um, but he's he's not draftable in a 12 team one quarterback one starting quarterback league to me well last year with the four with the four quarterbacks combined that did play out of Houston they combined for let's see here I wrote it down it was 4,050 yards 28 touchdowns and 12 interceptions between the four of them. Now, right now, Osweiler is looking at the number 26 quarterback off the board. There's a few names going ahead of him that I'd like to go ahead and ask you to see if you would take them over Osweiler in this situation. Uh, The first one is Alex Smith. He's going number 24 among quarterbacks. Would you take Alex Smith or would you take Osweiler? I'm I'm going Smith. Yeah, I'm giving giving me captain check down. Alex Smith, he's going to not only, you know, be consistent with his – whatever production every every game but he's also going to give you sneaky rushing yards people don't realize Alex Smith actually adds quite a bit of rushing yards every game and what about Joe Flacco he's number 23 I, I hate Joe Flacco <laughs> you give me give me Osweiler Joe Flacco is going to be if not my worst rated quarterback very close to it yeah how do you feel Dale yeah I'm with Christian here all right and what about Ryan Tannehill then I'm taking Tannehill, Tannehill all the way. Yep. Yeah, with Adam Gase. Uh, I mean, everybody keeps uh, – obviously, I mean, we sound like a re- broken record here. I think a lot of other people are saying the same thing. Everybody has high hopes for Adam Gase um, dictating what Tannehill is going to do this season. I'd definitely take Tannehill. I don't know. As far as as far as far Osweiler for me, I mean, I'm looking more at about number 18 or 19 is where I think he's going to be finishing. I think he's going to be looking at around 4,100 yards, Oof, 29 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. That's – where I have him going. Okay. He's got DeAndre Hopkins there. That's going to be a big help, and he's got a pretty good running game going I, in. I, I do want to mention, you know, Brock Osweiler, I think, is just good enough to keep Hopkins in the top five in wide receivers, if that's worth anything to anybody. Um, I have I have Hopkins at four. I think Osweiler is that good, at least good enough. He's not bad enough. Yeah. Okay. So, talking about Hopkins, then you say you have him at around number four. Right. Yeah, I have him, where... I have him right behind uh, – Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, and uh, Hopkins. Um, so you have him ahead of Odell Beckham then? You have him ahead of Beckham? I do, yeah. Ooh. Am I crazy? I, I got him at five because I have him behind the other guys plus Beckham. Okay. Uh, Beckham is my third receiver. For a lot of guys, he's their one or two. So I, I just like how I don't Brock... see Beckham falling outside of the top three or four wide receivers, honestly. Brock Osweiler knows how to throw to his best best wide receiver. I'm, I'm not too scared about Hopkins, but overall numbers... Uh, all right, what about you, Brito? You have him number fifth, you said? Number five? Yep, I think he's going to be productive. I think Osweiler will do just enough 
to keep him around the same numbers. I mean, he had some bad quarterbacks last year. And like you said, the that final numbers at the end of the year, not only for Hopkins, for, but for the past game in Houston, was fine. It was adequate. Um, so it should be about the same. Now, we also are adding, not only are we adding Osweiler and Miller, but we're also adding these rookies and Jalen Strong finally coming back healthy. So you got Will Fuller and Jalen Strong um, on the other side of the field. Maybe that takes a little bit of pressure off of Hopkins to not see every single target. Uh, so maybe it'll be a little bit more of an efficient offense, slightly less, uh, slightly, slightly less targets, and um, yep. All right, so next up then we have the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, of course, they've got Andrew Luck coming back off of his injury season. How do we think he's going to be looking like? I think, uh, I think Andrew Luck is going to have a good season, definitely better than last year. I have him at number six among quarterbacks, um, just behind Big Ben, Russell Wilson, of course, Breeze, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm not crazy about Luck, though. I mean, I do have him at the sixth-ranked quarterback, but there's so many other quarterbacks that I would take. You know, instead of, you know, right now Luck is going around the late late third. Um, there's a ton of quarterbacks I would get, say, like in the late sixth. Um, you know, I'd much rather take Tom Brady than grab, you know, a handcuff to Brady to start the season, like Stafford or something. Um, I just I don't see the value getting Luck in the third. I don't, I don't have enough confidence in him. Well, I mean, as far as his last full season, which was 2014, he had ama- he had crazy numbers. He had almost 4,800 yards with 40 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. Last year, he wasn't on pace for such a great year, but in his seven games, he did still get 1,800 yards and 15 touchdowns. Yeah. He was a little high on the interceptions, but you know he wasn't he wasn't awful. He was still there, you know, producing for for the team. He was at 22 points per game last year in his seven games. But if if you're gonna give up a third round pick. You need to give it up for somebody that you know is going to help your team. I mean, you you want to be as safe as possible. Andrew Luck isn't safe, in my opinion. He had a great season two years ago. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure he can do it again. I'd I'd rather play it a little safer, like I said, and take Brady or um, you know some of the other quarterbacks going after him. And you said you had Big Ben ahead of him. I do. Okay. All right. How do you feel about that, Brito? All right. Well, I hate Big Ben. Um, we've had this discussion several times. I, I have no desire to draft Big Ben and Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck will be fine, right? He'll he'll be a very good quarterback. But for where he's going, he's fi- his ADP has finally dropped to the fourth quarterback instead of the third quarterback. Um, even then, it's a little bit too early, too rich for my blood. In that point, yeah. there's several other guys that I'd rather have. He'll be good. I don't think he'll be top three quarterback good. Yeah, for where he's going, number forty overall. You're looking at. The beginning portions of the, the fourth round, so that is a little early to get a quarterback. Like you guys said, you can get a really good quality quarterback much, much later. Yeah. Right, next. Yeah. As far as the running game goes, though, we do have Frank Gore coming back. He's pretty much like I said, he's been the energizer bunny. He doesn't seem to miss a game, but he doesn't seem to be too stellar either. And he is getting up there in the years already. How do we feel about him? Yeah, I think both me and uh, Christian are low on Gore. I I'm not touching him. I don't like him. Um, uh, there's really not much exactly. to say. I mean, we. I mean, he's been around for so long. We know who he is. We know what he's going to do. He's just going to be a little bit slower, get a little less yardage per carry. He's the same Frank Gore that he's always been. Yeah, and last, uh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. You know, <laughs> I thought he was going to break down last year. He somehow plotted his way into being a top twelve running back. End of season numbers. The only reason that he did that was because not only was it a down year at running back, but because he stayed healthy and it well, he didn't have a single amazing game where he wowed you or he finished as a as a top running back. It was just plotting seven or eight points, six points, eight points. I don't want that at my running back spot. I just don't. Um, he's a guy that will never give you that upside at 33 years old. He's I see. It finally being the season where Frank Gore breaks down. He wasn't productive last year. Uh, you know, if in my opinion, maybe you take a late round flyer and a guy like Josh Ferguson, uh, who may be able to take that role. We'll see. <laughs> um, but I don't want anything to do with Frank Gore. Yeah, actually, me and uh, Richard were just talking about that off air earlier today. Um, you know, I was mentioning, hey, you know, Frank Gore is going to be breaking down soon enough, just like you, what you're saying. Um, Richard maybe thinks that uh, Frank Gore will ride out in the sunset. Um, Josh Ferguson is a really uh, interesting player. 
the rookie uh, out of Illinois. Um, he's super fast. Uh, he can catch the ball. Um, look at I, I don't know if he's worth drafting, but definitely keep keep him in the back of your mind as uh, the weeks go on. You see Frank Gore start breaking down maybe with a nagging injury or something like that. Look for Josh Ferguson. Um, he, he might be a surprise this year. These are some guys, I just want to quickly list this. These are some guys that are going um, right around Frank Gore or behind Frank Gore. Langford, Gordon, Bernard, Abdullah, Johnson, Woodhead, Ivory, Yeldon. Give me every single one of those guys over Gore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about the wide receivers, though? They've got T.Y. Hilton and Montante Moncrief coming back. Uh, they're going to have not, they're going to be you know, with Andrew Luck this year, uh, like last year for most of the season. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, I I don't have a ton of stats. Maybe uh, Christian can back back anything up here. But I mean, what I have is basically Moncrief and T. Y. Hilton are both going to be really good if Luck is really good. Um, I think Luck is that good to spread the ball around and get them both really involved and be be productive uh, fantasy players. Um, T. Y. ahead is ahead of Moncrief, of course, uh, but both can be really productive if Luck is on his game and. And plays as good as uh, he did two years ago. Yeah, I mean, as far as as far as T. Y. Hilton last year, he was 37th in receptions. He had 69 receptions. He was 16th in yards and 42nd in, in, in touchdowns. The five touchdowns for him that's that's got to be a, a stat that's going to be coming up. Yeah, not only that, I, this this offense is going to be incredibly productive. I I feel for the wide receiver position. If I don't believe in Frank Gore, it's pres- I probably believe a lot in T. Y. Hilton. Dante Moncrief, and Dwayne Allen, which we'll talk about in just a second. It's a very talented one-two punch with T.Y. Hilton being able to run a very nice route tree and complement of receivers. People think that he's just, you know, a go type of guy, but he can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. He's got a very nice skill set. And Dante Moncrief on the other side, you know, if he can stay fully healthy and Andrew Luck can stay fully healthy, should be a very nice value going at wide receiver 30 right now. Um, right around the sixth, seventh round, you can get Dante Moncrief. That, that's that's a good value. Yeah. And you mentioned Dwayne Allen as well. Right now, he's going as the number fourteen tight end. So quite a few, quite a few other tight ends ahead of him. I, I love Dwayne Allen. Actually, when we, me and Dale did the tight end episode, he, I addressed this. He's a guy that I am willing to take one of those late round flyers on, and I'm okay with having him as my starter. If he sucks, I'll pick up another guy off waivers. He should be okay. He is the anti-Travis Kelsey, right? He's probably going to be very similar to maybe what Tyler Eifert was last year. Probably not 13 touchdowns, but he should get you a few passes, and he's going to get those touchdowns. He's probably going to be the touchdown guy. With Kobe Fleener gone, moving down to New Orleans, I think this is a good situation for him in the Indy offense. He's probably going to be, you know, maybe eight, nine touchdowns in my opinion. I, I think that's great if we're, if we're the 14th overall uh, tight end. He might not rack up a ton of yardage, though, so that's the... Right. It's interesting that you brought up Kobe Fleener because the last time that Andrew Luck played a full season, they combined for 80 receptions and almost 1,200 yards with 16 touchdowns, which is pretty insane at the tight end position. So if, if, if Dwayne Allen can get, you know, let's say half of that production... In the as far as the touchdown totals go, he's definitely gonna be somebody to keep an eye on. Then yeah, right, yeah. That's why I say he's he's a touchdown guy. He had eight touchdowns with like you said half the work back in 2014. So there's no reason to not expect something similar. Maybe 500, 600 yards, eight to nine touchdowns is is what I see for him. Awesome. Yeah, I mean in, in that year in 2014 when he did have those eight touchdowns, he he did only have 29 receptions, so he had a pretty pretty crazy touchdown to reception ratio. But the opportunity was there for him to score at the tight end position. That's his job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything else on the Colts, guys? You wanna you wanna discuss? No, uh, I don't. I don't think Philip Dorsett is fantasy relevant right now. Uh, maybe in a couple years we'll see. So, not nothing else. All right, moving on then to the number three team in the division last year. That was Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, got a few interesting players, and including an interesting situation at running back. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll start off at the quarterback position. We have Blake Bortles, who pretty much blew up last year. He had over 4,400 yards. He had 29 touchdowns. He had 14 interceptions. This is a guy that I really like to watch. He's He, he just came out of nowhere for me. And you know, What do you guys for think you? of him? Yeah, why do you have to add that? <laughs> <laughs> for me, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, right now he's going number eight. I'm low on him. I have him at number 13 overall uh, for quarterbacks. Um, I think his numbers, of course, were a little padded last year um, because they were down so often because their defense just flat out sucked. Um, they were playing against a lot of prevent defenses, uh, and especially uh, you know in the midfield where you can gather up those quick yards and and have Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson, um, you know, break break free for those long touchdowns to help his fantasy totals. That's not going to happen this year. I think he is an okay quarterback. Again, I have him at thirteen, so that's you know he's relevant. Um, I just don't think he's going to be that you know all pro quarterback this year. Um, Especially with, you know, the addition of Chris Ivory, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, I think Chris Ivory is going to take away a lot of the goal line looks, a lot of the red zone looks. Um, I think they're going to ground and pound inside the 20. Um, So that will not help break Blake Bortles either. Okay. So you have him at number 13 then. So you would take somebody like, would you take Derek Carr over him? No, I wouldn't. All right. What about Tony Romo? No. Okay, so you went too low. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm look. I'm looking at the uh, consensus rankings right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would take him. I would take James Winston ahead of him. I would take Philip Rivers ahead of him. Uh, I would take Carson Palmer, of course, ahead of him. That's crazy. Well, Carson Palmer, not Carlos, not Carson Palmer, yeah. but the other two that you named. You're crazy. Don't call me crazy. I'm not crazy. My mother had me tested. Move on. All right. So next up, we have the running back position, which. It's pretty pretty murky right now. We had Yeldon as, as the lone back last year, but we have Chris Ivory moving in now. What do you guys think the situation is going to turn out there? Right now they're looking at consensus of number 32 for Chris Ivory, 33 for TJ Yeldon. So they're right behind one another. It should be a situation where it's probably going to be a 1A, 1B, but Yeldon should get more of the passing down work. Chris Ivory will probably be a little bit more of the first and second down goal line type of guy. He he does very well if he gets the workload. So he's an interesting guy when it comes into the middle rounds that you can target if you believe that he's going to get that workload. If he's going to get those 14, 15 carries a game, he's been very productive. I mean, he had over 1,000 yards last year on 247 carries. I don't think he'll quite hit that number, but if he can get to 215, 220, he should be a very serviceable running back. Um, I definitely agree with Richard with the point that he made la- uh, uh, earlier that Blake Bortles had a high touchdown number. The Jags just didn't seem to score rushing touchdowns last year. Um, Yeldon, for some reason, couldn't get the opportunities. We all remember that scenario where they handed off the ball to Toby Gerhardt four freaking times from the one-yard line for some reason, and he's just struggling to get in every single time. Um, for some reason, they didn't trust Yeldon in that role. I think it's going to be Chris Ivory's role to be that goal line sort of back. But Yeldon should be able to take that that passing down catching. That's just not Chris Ivory's game. Uh, Yeldon had 39 catches last year on obviously not a full season. Chris Ivory only had 12. Um, so definitely going to be Yeldon's role to be that passing down back. It's kind of like that uh, Gio Bernard, Jeremy Hill type of situation with Yeldon playing the Bernard role. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And just a side note, not related to fantasy football. Christian, I love how you said 1A and 1B. For anybody out there that says 1 and 1A, stop doing it. I hear it so much, and it's so annoying. That's just my uh, that's my rant for the day. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, then. Anything um, else you guys want to say about Yeldon? All right. No, I don't know. Uh, Dale seems like the type of guy that gets upset if you don't use an Oxford comma. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is this? What is this comma placement? <laughs> All right, so the wide receivers. Then. <laughs> uh, we got a couple Allens. Let's yeah, talk about a couple, them. A couple of uh, third-year Allens over here. We got Allen Robinson. He's coming off the board as the wide receiver number seven. Meanwhile, Allen Hearns coming off of the wide receiver number thirty-two. They both were able to get over a thousand yards. They both were able to get double-digit touchdowns. What do you guys think? Um, Allen Robinson, obviously, we're, we're looking at more than Allen Hearns. He's the clear number one wide receiver. But do you think he's deserving to be the number seven wide receiver coming off the board? Yeah, I like Allen Robinson a lot this year. Um, like I said, I'm not a strong believer in Blake Bortles being a top 12, but he is definitely going to be serviceable. He's going to help Allen Robinson a lot, just like he did last year. Uh, Allen Robinson had 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns last year. I think those both regress a little bit. Um, 
probably around 11 or 1200 yards and 10 to 12 touchdowns. Uh, still enough to be a top 12 run uh, wide receiver. Um, Alan Hearns as well. He's a great number two. Um, I would target Alan Hearns before Alan Robinson just because of the values there. Usually on, on most of the mocks that I've done uh, last year, Alan Hearns had just over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. I think that's possible again for Alan Hearns uh, this year. Um, what do you think, Brito? I, I, I want to talk about both guys just quickly on Robinson. He scored the 14 touchdowns. He only had 80 receptions, even though he had 153 targets. Uh, it's a guy that, if he just increases a little bit of that catch rate, maybe the touchdown regression isn't as severe as a lot of people might be expecting. So instead of 14 going down to 8 or 9, like some people are expecting, it might stay at around 10 or 11, just if he catches a few more passes on a higher catch rate, a little bit more efficient. Exactly. Um, as far Good as point. Alan Hearns, though, 64 catches... For a thousand yards, it's a lot of yards per catch with ten touchdowns. Um, I see a little bit of more regression hurting Hearns being the number two receiver. You know, with Julius Thomas maybe finally being healthy at the start of a season since you know you know forever, um, and a shift maybe a little bit more to the run game, trying to stay in games more often. I think that's mostly going to hurt Hearns more so than Robinson. So. I'm of a little bit differing opinion. I don't really want Hearns in my drafts this year. Interesting. Okay. So we, so we, we kind of feel opposite. I see Allen regressing and you see Hearns regressing. Yeah, I, I, I have Robinson a little bit lower than, you know, that seven. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily take him there, you know, but I still think he won't regress too much. I do see Allen Hearns regressing. I know I said Allen earlier, Robinson. So... Well, a few of the wide receivers that are going after Allen Robinson are Jordy Nelson, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks. Would you take any of those guys over Allen Robinson? <laughs> I'll take Mike Evans and I'll take Keenan Allen over him. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely won't take Jordy over him. So not Jordy then. Interesting. No. Okay. I don't like Jordy too much. I'd rather take the young guy who's Moving shown on. that he had a very nice sophomore season coming into his third year. Uh, then, then take the old guy coming off an ACL injury. Right, next up, then, we have the tight end position for the Jaguars, which is Julius Thomas. He's coming off the board as tight end number 11, ADP over 100. What do you guys think of him? I mean, he's a guy, if he can finally maybe stay healthy, he should be serviceable. He should probably take some of those touchdowns away from Alan Hearns that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, he played 12 games, wasn't really fully healthy for the first couple either. That's his caveat. If he can stay healthy, he's a big guy. We've seen him be consistent not only with catches, but with yards and touchdowns as well. He's very productive if he can stay healthy. Just that's a major if. So going at tight end 11, maybe you take that risk if he's healthy for the start of the season. And uh, when he gets injured in the middle of the year, you replace him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, looking at a tight end so late, I mean, you're tight end 11. Um, you're going to be picking him so late in the draft. Why get Julius Thomas when... There's other a little bit more reliable tight ends out there. Um, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get the Julius Thomas. Uh, you know, I mean, I even owned him in a couple of leagues a couple of years ago when he was with Peyton, and so I naturally love the guy. But um, he just he just doesn't have it, and he need, he needs somebody better than Blake Bortles passing it. To him. Uh, I, yeah, as as far as as far as Thomas goes, I mean, he had 455 yards last year in 12 games. One of those games, he had 116 yards. So he was looking at about 30 yards per game in all his other games. Besides that, out of the 12 games, he had six of them with two receptions or less. Uh, I, I would definitely be looking somewhere else for tight end. All right, well, next up then we have the Titans. We've got Marcus Mariota under center. Again, he's going into a sophomore year. Right now coming off of the boards as the quarterback number 18. How do you guys feel about him this year? Uh, I've always liked Marcus, Marcus Mariota. Uh, when he came into the league last year, I thought his legs were going to play a much bigger factor. Uh, he didn't rush the ball as much as I thought he did, or as much as I thought he should. I, I think he should have been a little more active outside the pocket. Um, he had 2,800 yards and 19 touchdowns. The impressive stat is the only 10 interceptions. Um, I think he knows how to play football. He can. He, he's in control of the game. Um, it's just the team around him just isn't very good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to just concur. He, he's like the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly how I feel. 
I really thought he would run the ball more. Only 34 attempts. He seemed to have a little bit of a fumbling issue. He fumbled 10 times, lost six of them. Um, trying to put on some weight this offseason. Um, really just a guy that, you know, he might have his great games. He might be terrible for some of them. He's, he's just a streaming quarterback for me. Six games with a fumble. Three of them multiple fumbles in one game. So definitely, definitely an issue he's going to have to go ahead and resolve over the offseason. As far as running back goes, we've got a new running back in the mix there. We've got the Marco Murray who did come in from the Eagles. He's coming off the board as number 20 running back. How do you feel about him? I think he's going to be just fine. People were disappointed with Murray last year. He's coming into a new offense. He's probably going to get a crap ton of carries. I know people are worried about Henry, but they'll probably try to work Murray into a very nice position with running the ball as much as possible because that's, that's what that offense is going to do. It's going to be a smash-mouth offense. Who are you going to throw it to in that offense? I mean, they really haven't seen much out of DGB, um, never seen too much come out of Kendall Wright. They finally tried to pick up Richard Matthews. I mean, but honestly, if you have DeMarco Murray and you have Derrick Henry, why wouldn't you try to run the ball as much as possible? So he might not be as hyper-efficient running as we saw when he had that breakout season in Dallas. But, you know, he'll be serviceable. He'll have a good amount of workload. Um, hopefully it, it'll translate on, on to fantasy numbers. Yeah, DeMarco Murray's coming off a year where he had a pretty terrible rushing yards per carry. He was looking at 3.6 yards per carry last year. Uh, if, if the Titans get off to a slow start by about week 6, week 7, and Murray isn't, having the flashes of greatness that he did before or what the Titans were expecting. I wouldn't be surprised to see Derrick Henry more in the mix there. So I would definitely consider him somewhere in the later yeah. rounds. Um, I think they'll definitely try to work him in, but Murray is their feature back so long as so long as they can stay in games. My biggest worry right. with the Titans is not whether or not they'll hand the ball off to Murray. is whether or not they'll still be in the game come the fourth quarter. All right, and then as far as the tight end position go, we've got Delaney Walker. He's coming off of the best season of his career. Uh, what do you think about him, Dave? I know you were really high on him. Yeah, uh, I love Delaney Walker. Uh, even even that he's even that he's 32 years old now. He had 133 targets last year, 94 receptions, over a thousand yards. Um, I think Marcus Mariota loves him. He's a huge safety net, and pretty much the best. Well, not pretty much. He is the best pass catcher on the Titans. Uh, if you are going to own a pass catcher for the Tennessee Titans, I highly suggest you take Delaney Walker over any of the other guys. Last year, he had almost 10 points per game and played 15 games. So uh, he's solid. He's going to keep getting it for you. Um, I don't see a regression at all this year. Yeah, I mean, he was number one in receptions. He was number three in yards among tight ends and number seven in touchdowns. Uh, he did he did all this while he was 31 years old. He's going to be coming in at 32. So. Again, like you said, his age is a factor, so we'll see how that affects him. Anything you want to add? You no, know, I think he'll be consistent. I don't think necessarily he has that tremendous upside like he did last year when he was truly the only guy there to throw the ball to. They might spread it around a little bit more, definitely try to run the ball more. So I see a little bit of regression, but a tight end that'll be consistent in the middle rounds if you choose to draft one there. Who are they going to spread it around the to? I mean, Delaney Walker is still, still the guy, guy. but they, they've added some crappy wide receivers. They might finally try to get DGB involved. Kendall Wright is healthy. You know, you've you've still, you finally added Rashard Matthews, and I definitely think they're going to run the ball more. So, All right, well, perfect. And that does, does about wrap up our divisional preview then. That was the AFC South. We will be recording future divisions in oncoming podcasts. Thank you for that. And now let's, uh, we're going to lead into a little segment where we're going to have the awesome Adam Ronis. So after the Adam Ronis interview, I want you guys to just stay tuned so you can hear about a little a little bit that happened while we were trying to record it. It's gut-wrenching. It. It's gut-wrenching. On now, we have Adam Ronis. Adam is currently the host of Roto Experts Morning Drive show on SiriusXM Fantasy. You can hear that every weekday from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Um, it also airs on the Fantasy Sports Network. Adam's part of Roto Experts, and he's joining us now. Adam, you're on with Christian and Dale. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Good to join you guys. Awesome. So yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for joining our show. 
Uh, we're still a small timey podcast who's we've been blown away by the reception that we've had. So we are really appreciative to have you on and, and uh, big fans of your work. So we want to just start with a couple of general questions. And we want to know what got you into fantasy football. How did you make this into a career? And, um, you know, how did you get started? Yeah, well, I always wanted to be in sports media. And in high school, I started writing for a newspaper. So I always wanted to do radio, but there was no radio at my college. So I figured I had to get in somehow. So let me start writing for a newspaper and did internships. And that's the best thing for anyone trying to break into any business. So I did some internships. And then upon graduating college, I started working at Newsday in New York on Long Island and started covering high school sports in New York City. Uh, in Long Island as well, and got the opportunity to cover some pro sports here and there, maybe a Mets or Yankees game, a Knicks practice, a Rangers practice. And then probably in the late 2000s, they asked me to start writing a weekly fantasy baseball column on Sundays. So that started to get me some exposure. I was asked to host my own show on Blog Talk Radio when they started up the Fantasy Sports Channel. And from that, started to get more exposure become guests on shows and then scott angle of roto experts found my stuff heard me on the podcast by myself thought i did a good job saw my writing at newsday he's also from new york and also had worked there previously reached out to me and wanted me to join the roto experts team and i did and then in 2010 sirius xm started a fantasy channel and the roto experts had a slot the morning slot and scott was in position to be one of the hosts and they had asked me to join and since then you know, I've obviously been there since the inception, doing mornings since 2010, so six years now. So I always wanted to do radio. I did go to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, so I do have some background, which I think has helped me. I graduated from there in 2003, and Kevin Burkhart, who is now with uh, Fox, he was one of my instructors. So, That's you know, awesome. I had the background, and it was just a matter of uh, – you know, what part of media would I be in? So, you know, I went from newspapers now to radio and TV. And again, radio was always what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a sports talk show host growing up in New York, listening to WFAN. And, you know, I was always a big sports fan talking sports all the time. So I always believe you should do something that is fun and that you enjoy. You know, everybody wants money. It's great. But the bottom line is you got to enjoy what you do in life. And that's sometimes more rewarding. And you, you just want to live comfortably. So, there's no way that I would do this if I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I have to get up at like 4 a.m. Eastern <laughs> to go to work. And I've been a night owl my entire life. And I still go to bed, you know, midnight, 1 a.m. just because I'm so used to that. Even after six years doing the morning show, I'm still not used to it. But when you wake up and that microphone goes on and you get to be heard by, you know, a lot of people nationally. And, you know, we have a lot of fun on our morning show. You know, we entertain and laugh a lot, joke around, make fun of each other, and get to talk fantasy sports. I mean, to me, it doesn't get greater than that. So it's just a lesson to everybody. Just always pursue your dreams. Whatever you want to do, you're going to have to put in hard work. And look, this is, you know, I'm blessed. I'm fortunate to be in the position I'm in. You know, I did work hard for it, though. You know, at one point, I was working at the newspaper and doing a radio show. So I was basically working all day, taking a train, bus, and driving in rush hour traffic. So uh, I'm not saying that, you know, it was hell, but it wasn't easy, and, you know, hard work always pays off. So there's a lot of people who want to do this, and I get that, and it's kind of difficult right now because it's, it's kind of saturated, and, you know, everybody's got a podcast, a blog, everyone wants their voice heard, so you kind of have to be different, and also you have to be fortunate to be in the right spot, but it's just hard work, but there's just not a lot of jobs out there because so many people want to do this, and a lot of people are willing to do it for free. Right. Absolutely. Um Man, just just hearing you talk about it kind of puts a smile on my face because it it sounds like you you know put the hard work in because you enjoy what you're doing. Um, I was gonna ask how you would talk to someone who was considering you know trying to do something like this. Who you know talk to the people that are interested in going into this field. But you you hit the nail on the head. You know it's 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 a market that it's hard to get into, and you put in the time, put in the work. Um, so transitioning on i, I want to ask you a little bit about the uh the sfb 480 that you're in um for for those of you that are listening and haven't seen the hashtag sfb 480 all over twitter and don't know what that is um scott fishbowl 480 is 480 fantasy teams in one league 
you know, divided into a whole bunch of divisions, um, comprised of mostly uh, analysts and experts with, you know, a certain group of fans. And Adam is part of that. And he's, you know, he's tweeting out how he started his team, you know, with uh, Elliot, Miller, Marshall, Hilton, Floyd, River so far. Those are the players you got. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, how that very different style of league is going and, uh, you know, what you think about it. Yeah, I'm ecstatic with my thought. I played in this league last year. The scoring format was a little different, and I had success in my league. I made the finals and lost. So I had a very good year. And my league is completely different from others. You know, I've taken a glance, and quarterbacks are just not flying off the board. It's a super flex league, so you can flex a quarterback. And usually when you see that, quarterbacks fly off the board. You know, you'll see like 17. I saw a goal in the first five rounds of one draft. In my draft, there were only, I think, like – 10 in the first five rounds so it's been completely different and you have to adjust to that and you have to also know the rules and the rules here are different you know it's a quarter of a point for a carry it's a half point for a ppr and tight ends get a full point ppr and you know i did some math and i did like a conservative ranking for lamar miller i said 250 carries a thousand yards which is four yards a carry and miller's around 4.5 for his career so that's really conservative seven total touchdowns 40 catches, which certainly is feasible with what he's done in his career, and 300 yards receiving. Again, another conservative estimate. And that came out to like 254 points. And then you take a wide receiver, an elite wide receiver, 100 catches, 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns, and that comes out to just slightly more. So you can see that the points per carry for a workhorse running back are very important. And to me, Lamar Miller is going to get fed, even if he only gets a few more carries than he got last year. He should be able to reach 250 carries, and the Texans are very run-heavy. They have been top five in rush attempts the last two years. So, you know, going into the draft, I didn't know what to expect. I was ecstatic to get Elliott at nine. I've seen some people take him two overall, top five, because, again, another running back that we all expect to get a huge workload. And then to come back and get receivers like Brandon Marshall, T.Y. Hilton, and Michael Floyd, and then Phil Rivers in round six, who I think is, one of the top quarterbacks, he's been durable. He's never missed a game in his career. He's been a QB1 basically every year in the last, like, eight except one. He was the number two scoring quarterback in fantasy through the first eight weeks last year until the offensive line crumbled, Keenan Allen got injured, and a lot of things went wrong around him. And then I came back in round seven, and Eli Manning was there as the 17th quarterback off the board, so I couldn't pass that up in a flex. Eli Manning's another guy. Over 600 pass attempts the last two years. 30-plus touchdowns. He had 35 last year. Another team that is going to rely on the pass. Yeah, they made improvements on defense, but they're going to be pass-heavy. They run, throw a lot of short passes. Odell Beckham is dynamic. can take it to the house anytime. Sterling Shepard as well, getting him. So I'm just ecstatic with the start in this draft. And uh, I really couldn't have gone any smoother. If you would have told me before the draft, yeah, you're going to get Phil Rivers in six and Eli Manning in seven and a flex league quarterback, I would have said sign me up right now. So – I'm very pleased with the way the draft has gone so far. And, uh, again, you just got to adjust. Like, I think people get tired of us saying it's the flow of the draft and you got to read the draft to them. I would have not waited on these quarterbacks if I was in a different draft. I would have had to jump in. But, you know, I was picking nine. So, you know, I kind of – there's a lot of picks in between me. So you just got to read the draft room. And uh, I read it right. Sometimes you can read it wrong. You might say, you know what, I can wait again. I I almost, you know, passed on quarterbacks when Rivers was there because there was some elite wide receivers. But I said, you know, this is my time to get one. And, of course, six quarterbacks went after I selected Rivers. So I think in hindsight I made the right decision. Yeah, yeah, that's great. This is Dale, by the way, here. Um, I, I noticed that you got the, the Floyd as your, uh, what is that, your fifth pick. Um, I You kind of talked me into Floyd, actually. I was reading, uh, uh, I think you tweeted out a little video that you done um, about, you know, talking about how awesome he is and, you know, picking him up as your third wide receiver. And I was thinking there's no way he's going to end up being my third you know, maybe I have to reach for him a little bit on the second. Um, would you take Floyd as your wide receiver too, or, or is it somebody you can wait and you're pretty confident you can get him get him around the third your third wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, ideally, I think if you start a draft with three wide receivers, and I've done that a lot. I know a lot of people talking about it this year, but I did it two years ago in the flex league, which is a popular industry draft. I started my draft with three wide receivers, and I was able to win that league. So I've been doing this for a while in the PPR formats. 
So I think if you do that, yeah, I, you should be able to get him as a wide receiver three. I mean, he's generally the earliest I see him go is round four. So even if you took a running back in the first couple rounds, you can come back and get Floyd as your three. See, in this, there were some other wide receivers I considered there, but I said, you know what, I'm trying to hit a home run here. You know, you're going against – you're playing within your league, but then you're up against 480 teams. So I think you do have to be a little bit different. And I said, you know what, if Floyd can just stay – healthy the entire year in this offense there's no doubt he can put up a huge year you know I was looking at the scoring last year between him and Golden Tate and we know what a year Tate has as far as receptions and Tate only outscored him by like 20 points and Floyd didn't even play the entire season now again Tate gets hurt in this format a little bit because it's half point PPR and he only averaged nine yards per catch last year should change you would think um playing a bigger role this year with no Calvin Johnson but you know, Floyd was uh, a top 25 wide receiver in 2013. He had the injury last year to start the year with his hand. Uh, he averaged 16.3 yards per catch last year, 15.8 for his career. And I know people are like, well, John Brown's in life for Cheryl, but Floyd had five 100-yard games in his last eight. And because he's so good on a per-play basis, he doesn't need the volume to be a top 20 receiver like some of the other uh, receivers in that tier. And the Cardinals passed a lot, too, in the red zone. They were third in red zone pass attempts. And I know David Johnson has stuck the whole year, and maybe that changes. But, you know, I'm just looking for that big upside here with my third wide receiver. You know, I thought about Dante Moncrief, who I like a lot, too, but I already had T.Y. Hilton, which actually in this format might actually be better. I think one thing that you can do in this format and might be smart is to have a quarterback-wide receiver connection because – you need to kind of separate yourself from the pack and do something with a splash. So it actually worked for me last year. I had Rodgers and Cobb and Rivers, Keenan Allen, and Floyd. So I think that helped a little bit, although, you know, Cobb didn't have the huge year, but Allen was having a huge year at Rivers. So, you know, right. there's some unique things to do here. And it's just, it's just been a, it's been an odd draft here. I, I think uh, I'm just very uh, happy with the way it fell. And uh, you, you just hope that your drafts go like that. Cause sometimes things do not fall right in your draft. Yeah, yeah, I mean, very, very convincing argument with Floyd. Um, I definitely perked my ears um, when you when you were talking about him earlier. So, um, yeah, it's, uh sounds good. Yeah, for me, I'm definitely just trying to get a piece of that that offense down in Arizona, no matter if it's David Johnson or Michael Floyd. Some way or another, I'm trying to get one of those players because I just think it's going to be probably the highest scoring offense in football. Um, so I want to transition then to a next little piece. Um, just want to ask you maybe a player or two that you're very high on this year that you think, you know, everyone out there should draft and is an extreme value in the draft right now? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players, so I won't give guys going early. But one guy that I'm looking at late, I uh, just took him in a, my fantasy league 10 in round 12, is Sammy Coates. I think there's an opportunity here for him with Martavis Bryant out for the year. I know people are looking at Marcus Wheaton, but – Coach was selected in the third round last season, and the Steelers didn't need a wide receiver. So he didn't play much last year. We did see him down the stretch, but Roethlisberger averaged almost 38 passes per game over the last few years. This is an offense you want a piece of, kind of similar to what you guys brought up with the Cardinals before, and Coach is going to come cheap in, in a draft. Again, got him in round 12. He might even go later, and I think he's a guy that could emerge as kind of flying under the radar a little bit right now. Uh, I think the other guys I really like, they're getting the buzz. Devontae Parker, Tyler Lockett, guys like that. Marvin Jones, I think, is going a little bit later as well. Uh, you know, running backs, you always want to look at some guys that have the opportunity to get bigger carries on the road. So a guy like C.J. Procise is someone I'm looking at because I know he's going to have a role in that passing game. Uh, Thomas Rawls came out and said he's good to go, but let's see it. Uh, tight end that I love is Dwayne Allen. Uh, I think the situation is set up for him to have a lot of success right now. You know, Kobe Fleener was there the last couple of years, and they kind of offset each other. But Andrew Luck loves throwing to the tight end. He loves to throw to the tight end in the red zone. We saw what Dwayne Allen did a couple of years ago in only 13 games. He had eight touchdowns on 29 receptions. He has had a problem with staying healthy, but that's why he's going to be cheap in drafts. And the only year he played 16 games was his rookie year. But, again, they're going to be pass-heavy. And Rob Chudzinski is the new offensive coordinator former tight end who likes to feature the tight end. So I think Allen is set up in a good spot. A lot of people are going to look at his previous stats, and I think that's very misleading just because of the situation we're seeing. He's a two-way tight end. He can block as well. So Dwayne Allen's a, a tight end that I like to, to get late that I think can really have a huge year. You just named every single player that I target in drafts, man. That is awesome. Um, 
Going back to the Sammy Coates point, I find that at the end of drafts, people are trying to figure out whether it'll be Wheaton or whether it'll be Sammy Coates. Um, what do you say to the strategy of they're both, uh, they're going, Wheaton's going at about the 11th round, Sammy Coates is going to 13th, because I've done this in a couple of mocks where I just take both and I just want to see who's going to pan out in that situation. Such a late round pick, if I can get a player that's, you know, going to be the number two and what's probably going to be a great offense. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think in a, a redraft league where you have ad drops, you certainly could do that because then you could kind of wait it out. As long as you have, you know, enough roster spots, you don't want to tie up too many in one situation. And, you know, you want to make sure one of those guys does emerge as well. So I could see doing that. I think it's tougher to do in a best ball format where you're just drafting a team and that's it for the year. And a lot of the my fantasy league tends to best ball format. So that's right. your team. Yeah. So it's kind of difficult to tie it up two spots there uh but it's certainly a viable strategy in a redraft league in that you hope that one of them emerges and pans out and then uh, you got a good piece of the uh offense from the uh, Steelers which is what you want okay on the other end of that tell me one player in the draft that you're absolutely avoiding and won't touch you're Mike Clay and who's your Jeremy Langford Oh, yeah. No, he's not a big fan of Lakeford. I mean, look, I don't take the top quarterbacks, but a lot of people say that, so I'll skip that. But uh, one guy I'm a little concerned about is Doug Martin. Um, I know everybody is excited about him now, and I was looking at a draft last year, and he went running back 37. And he's coming off a year, obviously, 288 carries, over 1,400 yards. He only had six rushing touchdowns. He did have 32 catches, which is not bad, uh, but it's not elite among PPR. Charles Sims is heavily involved in this offense. Uh, especially in the passing game. So I think people are kind of forgetting about how Doug Martin has struggled. You know, his rookie year, you look, and he really had a couple big games. Everyone remembers that huge game against the Raiders. And then he was quiet in 2013, 2014, where he missed games because of injury. And he had the big year last year. So uh, I'm a little concerned about Doug Martin here, especially in PPR leagues where he has already lost some receptions to Charles Sims. And I just think it was a career year last year, you know, 4.9 yards per carry. He got the contract, the guaranteed money now. So Doug Martin is someone I think I will probably not have on any teams this year. Yep, I, I agree with you there. He's a player that we just talked about on our last yeah, we, episode that we're, we're yeah, kind we, of avoiding here too. We've been talking about Doug Martin for the past couple <laughs> past couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah we, we all agree. Yeah, and I think Charles Sims is a really good guy to have. You know, I just took him in a – MFL 10, um, he's got a high ceiling each and every week because we know he's involved in that passing game. He had 51 catches last year on 70 targets, and he did have 107 carries. And if Doug Martin ever went down, you would have uh, a top 12 back each and every week. So uh, Charles Sims is definitely someone to look at in the middle rounds. 100% agree. Um, So we're going to wrap it up here with um, a couple of just quick pressing questions. not too serious. I, I know I say they're serious. We do this with our guests. Um, kind of like a lightning round. <laughs> a lightning round. You're in a restaurant. They You send in an order. It doesn't come out quite right. Let's say you order your steak medium. It comes out well done. How do you respond to that? <laughs> Man, I'm not, I don't like to bother people, and I'm not one of those people who complains about everything, but honestly, I'd probably just eat it because I've eaten well done before. <laughs> over, the last few, over the last few years, I kind of switched to medium well, so... I'm not one of those people who's picky and complaining. So to be honest, I'd probably just eat it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm I'm super passive when it comes to that stuff. No, I'm the opposite, man. I, you got to bring me my steak medium. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll you're... apologize, but you got to bring it right. <laughs> well, hey, I can't blame you, man. Right? You paid for it, right? You should get it the way you want. But I'm just I don't know. I just don't like to to bother people. So I probably would just eat it unless. I felt like, okay, you know what? This is not going to take that long. Because recently I was in a place and they actually dropped my steak. So they had to take <laughs> yeah, some extra time. And they, they were nice about it, though. They said, oh, here's some pasta to eat for free while you wait. So, you know, a lot of people would flip. Uh, I don't, not when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool, man. Um, all right. So if you're not watching sports, what are you watching on TV? Porn. Oh, you said TV. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, honestly, a, a lot of a lot of shows, man. I'm a big fan. Like this weekend, I can't wait. Power comes back. I'm a huge fan of that show. Uh, going into season three, Ballers is coming back. Yeah. You know, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Walking yeah. Dead, Sons of Anarchy was one of my favorite shows. Wire, Soprano. So a lot of shows like that. 
Um, so I'm into a lot of the, the series, and I usually catch on late. I usually don't watch it from the beginning. It's word of mouth. People say, oh, the show's good, then I'll start watching it. Yeah. Catch no up Game on of the Thrones? DVR. Oh. Game of Thrones, yes, I watched that too, definitely. Okay. Um, I'm a fan of that. I like the way the season ended. So, yeah, I like I watch a lot of that stuff. I hate reality TV. It's so dumb. <laughs> I sit there and watch it. You know, I've had ex-girls that watch, like, you know, Love & Hip Hop. The only Love & Hip Hop I watched was the past season because I'm a big fan of Papoose, so he was on it because of Remy <laughs> Martin. So that's the only reason why I watched it. I will not watch it again if he's not on it. So reality TV is horrible. I don't watch I like American Idol just... on none of that crap. It's just pretty much uh, sports and, uh, you know, good TV shows. There you go. I feel like you just knocked reality TV, and then you're like, "Yeah, but I just watched this last <laughs> season because." <laughs> no, nah, that was the only one. Again, it's because someone that I, I really like, you know, my favorite hip hop artist was on there. If not, I wouldn't have watched it. That's the only reason I watched it. All right, Dale, and it won't... was so bad. Some of the other characters on there. Oh my goodness, it drives me crazy that people actually sit there and watch it. But I guess it's one of those things where it's like a train wreck, and people can't look away. It's so bad they want to know how much bad can it get, how worse can it get. Yep. Nice. Dale, do you want to uh, add one last question? Sure. I mean, if and uh, if I knew porn was going to be brought up, we could extend this uh, this podcast another 30 minutes and talk about that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> one last question. Uh, one player, if, if you could pick one player to be on every single one of your team for the next 10 years, who would it be? For the next 10 years? Wow. Oh, boy. Okay. I would. Have, so this would be dynasty. So I would have to go with a wide receiver. You're not going to invest in a running back. Right, a quarterback. You could go quarterback. I would probably go with. Oh man, I can't. I can't. Can I actually pick a giant? I'm a Cowboys fan, so I don't know if I can. But uh, I'm thinking. You know what? Let me go with. Uh, let me go with DeAndre Hopkins. I can't go with El Beckham. I hate the Giants too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that works. You can't go wrong with uh, with El Beckham. One. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Adam, before we wrap up, uh, do you have anything you want to leave us with? Do you want to uh, plug anything? You want to tell us your Twitter handle and tell us about anything you got going on? Yeah, sure. You can catch me on Twitter at Adam Rohn. It's pretty simple. You guys mentioned it. Weekday mornings on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio and the Fantasy Sports Network, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Monday night, I'm on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio with Lisa Ann on Lisa Ann Does Fantasy from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern. I do some shows for the Fantasy Sports Network next week in fantasy. You can find that Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. And I'll be uh, also doing a Sunday show beginning this week on Bleacher Report Radio on Sirius XM Fantasy. Uh, on Sirius XM, not fantasy. It's on Bleacher Report Radio with Brandon, Marianne Lee. So that show debuts this Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern. So, uh, yeah, staying pretty busy. But, again, it's not work when you enjoy what you do. Yeah, yeah, the hustle's paying off. You're everywhere now. Absolutely, man. <laughs> He's like, so yeah, I'm do. here, I'm, saying, I'm though, there. Like, <laughs> anyone, any opportunity you get, that's the thing. You know, we talked about breaking into the business. You're going to have to do stuff for free. You know, I was doing stuff for free for a while, too. You know, you just don't automatically turn up and start making money. So any opportunity, reaching out to websites, just get your work published. That's the key. Get it published, get yourself out there, and then start networking. And you never know, because I've seen it. I've seen guys come to Royal Experts and, you know, really not have much experience, get their work published, and then moved on to other sites. So it's definitely possible, but you got to put in the time and the effort and kind of create a voice and kind of separate yourself from the pack. All right, cool. Hey, Adam, awesome. we thanked you a million times already, but we yeah. can't thank you enough for uh, coming on and, uh, and sharing all your insight. Um, well, we look forward to all your work uh, in the future. Keep following him on Twitter uh, and all that other good stuff. Awesome, Adam. All thank right, you, man. Thank good you so talking much. to you guys. And, uh, I'll make sure that uh, you're, you get your steak the way you want it whenever you're at the restaurant <laughs> next time. Awesome, awesome, man. Hey, thanks a lot. Have a good night. Right, thanks, guys. Right, you bye. too. And we're back, guys. I uh, just want to provide you a little bit of the gut-wrenching details that we wanted to mention earlier. Um, we're still a small-timey podcast, right? We're still trying to get our bearings and right. figure out what we're doing. We're, we're just a few guys that love fantasy football. We love football in general. Um, we've been just watching sports our whole lives and, and want to be part of this world. Um, we we finally get a cool guest on our show. Yes. <laughs> and um, we're sitting here trying to record the podcast. And my laptop on the recording, um, and this is why 
Uh, however, I'll, I'll, let, let, me, let me take a step back. Let deal. Let, let deal. Start. Tell the story uh. because I'm still <laughs> nauseated by what occurred. So we were twi- we're uh, DMing back and forth on Twitter. Really cool guy, by the way. Um, it goes down in the DM, by the of way. Of course. Um, we we're going back and forth. We set up the time. Great. No problem. Everything's good. Uh, we get on Skype. We're trying to add him on Skype. Things just aren't working right. We're having technical difficulties. He can't see our request for Skype because we, on our phone interviews, we, we use Skype um, to record through, um, not like the rest of our show. So you, that's how you might see the quality difference there. Um, but so we're calling him. We're trying to get him on Skype. Wasn't working. Um, we had to try some different things. He was texting me the to- whole time saying, are we going to do this? Uh, are we still doing this? Uh, finally, we were able to get him on the phone <laughs> on Skype. Uh, we, you know, we uh, went from Skype to phone call. Um, had to upgrade our Skype at the last minute <laughs> because Skype normally doesn't do phone calls unless you pay. So Christian had to scramble to get his credit card. That took a couple of minutes. Uh, trying to stall the whole time. He was super cool about it though. Again, um, longest three minutes of my life. Yeah. yeah. So we finally, uh, we finally get him on. We say, all right, we're gonna start. Christian tries, and it is not recording anything. Uh, again, another couple minute delay. Um, no, no, no. I get the little. I'm on a Mac. A little spinny rainbow wheel. <laughs> that little wheel of death. Yeah. Yep. That's what I got. Yep. And at that moment, that now became the most uh, nauseating moment of my <laughs> life. What had been before was was it previously? Now this took the number one spot. And those two minutes were the longest two minutes of my life. And, and of course, you know, he's like, he's on the phone. He's kind of waiting for us. So he's not like happy-go-lucky, you know. He's like, all right, yeah, you know, when you guys are ready. And, you know, I, you know, I asked him, do you want to postpone? He's like, oh, I have a couple of minutes. So he didn't really say yes or no. But um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Very cool guy. Like, Oh, yeah. Christian. I would have been upset. And he handled it like a, you know, a Of course, pro. yeah. Uh, Christian, of course, uh, hangs up on him. <laughs> because the recording wasn't <laughs> because the, the, everything quit out so so he hung up on yeah. him uh we called him back finally got it running and uh so yeah we were both sweating and especially our first big interview uh, adam is huge in the fantasy world and he has been for years um so of course we were sweating because we wanted to make it perfect um so yeah that was a uh, that was pretty crazy 15 minutes worth of our lives right there yeah and you know it doesn't have to be perfect no. it went really cool Adam's a cool guy. I'm so thankful that he was on our show because he's got some great insight. He knows his shit. Like, holy crap. He knows his stuff. So, definitely. Um, we should have we talked. We're not we listening to us. We should have talked some porn. Uh, maybe we should have mentioned something about... Oh, never mind. I'm not even going to say it. Just, so, here's the thing. I wanted to ask a question. And my co-hosts here on the show told me that it wasn't an appropriate question we don't we don't know the guy we don't know the guy but i just wanted to ask him if he was stranded on a desert island would he rather have a mermaid whose top half was a fish or who uh, whose bottom half was a fish hey i, I got, I got so, something all our listeners get on twitter tweet at us hashtag bottom half or hashtag top half i think it's an easy choice you want that mermaid's bottom half to be a fish uh, that is not an easy choice. You're easy stranded choice. on a desert island. You want that bottom half. Yeah, but you don't want to talk to a fish. <laughs> it's an interesting question, at the very least. That's good. Maybe we'll maybe we'll tweet out at Adam Ronis. Please don't start loading Adam Ronis with bottom half, top half fish. He's not going to know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> He's going to be, what the fuck is this mermaid talk? <laughs> So cool. That's pretty much gonna do it for this episode. I know it's a it's a little bit different. I think it it was an interesting episode. Um, stay tuned I, for our divisional previews on our website. And again, da- uh, one more thing. Uh, if you got <laughs> one more thing, one more thing. Uh, <laughs> if you guys want to be part of our listener league, um, please either tweet at us, email us at or yeah, you can email us eatsleepfantasy at gmail or go to our website eatsleepfantasy.com. Fill out the form on there and just let us know that you want to be part of the Listener League. Um, we're still ga- gauging interest. We had a ton of responses from our uh, first announcement, um, so it's looking really good that we probably will have a couple of um, a couple of uh, leagues that we're going to stretch ourselves out through throughout. Um, and again, uh, thank you to Fantrax for hosting all of our leagues for with us. Yep. Try to make your submissions interesting. Let us know why you deserve to be in it. I have to read these or. 
probably will make intern rich read them um, and let us know why you should be in the leagues. Uh, on top of that, Dale, where can they find you on Twitter? At uh, <laughs> Dale underscore fantasy. Jesus yeah, Christ. You can find me at Cbrito Fantasy, or best way you can do it is follow our group Twitter at Eat Sleep FF. Yeah, please follow us there. You can ask us any question you want there or on our website, EatSleepFantasy.com. Hit the submit a question button. Also, a great place to submit your league entry. Um, you know, for the for the podcast. and for those of you wondering, that is Christian's dog whining in the background. He's like, hey guys, can I join, can I join the podcast real quick? I got something to say. That's, that's Christian's dog's voice. If you guys didn't know. That's my, I, I, my name is Brazier. I'm Great Dana. I, I, like, I need to go outside. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. Go to Fantrax.com. Enter ESF. Put that in. For premium league upgrade. Leagues up yep. there. Thanks, yep. guys. Have a good night. Buenas noches. Later. To play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. Then we take that town. Then we take that town.